heart and soul of a nation, beckons the call. The voice of our forefathers heard in the distance. A house divided against itself cannot stand. To reclaim our honor. honor. Our soul. The challenges of a generation call out. Future generations hang in the balance. We choose liberty. This is the voice of a nation. The nation. The nation. The nation. And now, Malcolm. The whole Elon Musk thing on Twitter is quite amusing. Of course, the stakes are incredibly high, to say the least. And you see, of course, he, he did the poll. You know, smart guy. He always knew he was probably going to do that, but did the poll and said, all right, let's just throw this out to uh, uh, Americans and uh, see what they say. And you know, the thing about it is, I was very curious, and I did vote on that poll, by the way. And uh, the numbers, I was curious to see the final percentage on it. It surely proves we are a polarized people, are we not, you know? But there's something bigger going on here, friends, something bigger. And in this whole uh, era we're in of censoring people and stepping on them and throwing them off media sites. And, and, and I give you, I give you, these. some of these are private companies who can do what the hell they want. I understand that as a theory. It still goes against our rights as Americans and in our thinking or it did at least, right? Diversity of opinion, diversity of thought, diversity of freedom, diversity of being a human being, diversity of our of our religions and, you know, just everything. And today it's like all that's out the window. It's not accidental, really, that Elon Musk made the leap to do that. You remember how, you know, that got pretty slippery there for a while. They had the lawsuit going on. And, you know, again, I'm, you know, it's like, it's like being at the altar when you're going to get married. Well, I don't think I want to get quite married now. I changed my mind. I guess they call that cold feet, don't they? You know, I got cold feet today. I'm not going to do it. I've seen weddings like that on again, off again, on again, off again. You know, looks good for the moment. And that's kind of where Elon Musk was when he did this Twitter deal. He, I think he had visions initially that how cool would this be? Of course, it's a pretty expensive cool, isn't it? You know, the tune was it 44 billion or something like that. Few, few smackaroos to say the least. And, uh, you know, but and again, it was this whole thing. Some people dressed it up, and I think he even dressed it up a few times as uh, saving the country, saving the nation, saving free speech, more or less. You know, uh, I think it's a very noble cause, uh, you know, for sure. But at what cost? I guess really, as a businessman, and he's no dummy. He's 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 no dummy, Elon Musk. He's brilliant. In fact, you don't get to where Elon Musk is accidentally. You know, it just just doesn't happen. And when you look at all the things he has his hands on and the things he and these are big, these are big deals. And these are big projects. SpaceX, these are big deals. You know, Tesla, all the all the machinations he has his hands on. Uh, it just tells you how his thinking is. He's a big thinker. He thinks big and he, he he enacts and he goes for it. So it was curious to see how this Twitter thing was going to turn out. And then slowly but surely he's kind of read the riot act to the people there. Pretty brazen, friends. Pretty brazen. I have to give the man a lot of credit. If it is all of that, and I say that because a lot of the things we're dealing with today are smoke and mirrors. And I have to tell you in full confession, I really wasn't sure if I was going to trust Elon Musk or not, really and truly. Hmm. I didn't know how much of a gag or a gig this was or how sincere he was, really. But the old test, you know, put your money where your mouth is, kind of says a little something, doesn't it? 
But having said that now, I, I say that, but let's also be real. He's no dummy again. What did I say a moment ago here? He has all the loose ends uh, tied up pretty well. And of course, there's always, uh, you know, there's always bankruptcy, right? I mean, in other words, he's not putting the rest of his life in jeopardy uh, based on this one transaction. So, and he may still go that rounds. And, and, and when you say bankruptcy, we're talking reorganization here, you know, which is really an American thing. I mean, it's legit. So surely, uh, surely Donald Trump knows that he's experienced that himself and about every successful uh, American has probably gone through that. A lot of them have any, I'm not saying all of them, but a lot of people in that category have experienced that. It's that whole thing about American ingenuity. You fall down and you, you, you know, wipe yourself off and you proceed again forward here. So this whole thing, I want to spend some time today talking about this whole notion of free speech and uh, a little bit of the Elon Musk thing, Trump maybe coming onto the platform or not. And the other interesting things that tell a story even uh, within the people who are following these cats on social media, but also how Americans are getting their news today, which is, well, through social media. And, you know, I, I remember years back, I it was kind of ludicrous that that was happening. We, we all looked at it a little strange, you know, like, what? They're going to Facebook to get what? I mean, that's where they're doing it or Twitter or whatever. And yet it is exactly happening. And, but it's come a little more refined now. And what I find is out of all of the social media outlets, it appears that Twitter has maybe an edge up or a different way. There's something unique about Twitter and what they bring to the table, which is why everybody's on there. And it's why, well, I say everybody, but I, I don't even want to say anybody who's anybody because you don't want to insult those. There are some important people who are not on there, actually, and people I know who refrain. So I don't want to say anybody who's anybody is on there because that's not always the case. Everybody looks at things a little differently, you know. Uh, so look, and I, interesting place to start, and then I want to bring on a special gentleman in just a moment here with you. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I got to share this with you because it, it was just, it, it was one of these things I looked at and I said, you got to be kidding me, right? So as I was looking at one of the, one of the uh, posts with Elon Musk, um, and in my few moments I had to glance at this thing, uh, I, I was looking at it and then I got kind of sidetracked and looking at something with B President Biden from his feed. And I happen to click uh, President Biden's feed, okay? And, and actually, this one here was, well, it was President Biden, but it was the POTUS one. You know, the, the, he has the two feeds. He has, I think it's at Joe Biden and then at POTUS, right? So it's the two different feeds, you know. One is kind of the state and how they run it, and the other is the guy, you know. Uh, and so I was looking at that, and it was the POTUS one. And it had a picture of Nancy Pelosi, and uh, Kamala Kamala Harris there, and Joe Biden, okay? So this is a, a State of the Union, I guess. It looks like all the pomp and pageantry of that. And the message on there is, when I think of Nancy Pelosi, I think of dignity. <laughs> I think of dignity. This is now the president putting this out. Are you following me now? Yeah, the, the president. Yeah, Biden. I know a lot of you all don't claim him as president. I get that. But in all sincere, that's the guy right now they're calling president, at least, you know, for the moment. Right. And that's his feed. 
When I think of Nancy Pelosi, I think of dignity. And it says history will note her as the most consequential Speaker of the House of Representatives in history. She is first, last, and always for the people. America owes her a debt of gratitude for her service, patriotism, and dignity. You could add a whole lot more to that, couldn't you? You know what came to my mind immediately? Well, it depends how you classify dignity. If dignity is ripping up the speech in front of the number um, 45 president at the State of the Union, well, uh, maybe that would qualify some sort of level of dignity. You, you can't believe the same person who was so insulting to the office and to the ceremony of this process did exactly that for the whole world to see, really stepped all over our country. Is that dignity? I mean, is that dignity? <laughs> and so, you know, how is that a picture of dignity? When I think of Nancy Pelosi, I think of dignity. Where does that come in? I mean, there's nothing dignified about what she did, nothing. And so, you know, and this whole thing about, you know, she is a consequential speaker of the House. That part is true for, for many of the wrong reasons. But she absolutely is consequential, was the biggest money raiser uh, in, which is how she kept that, those, uh, uh, that power, you know, in the, uh, the gavel, if you will, in the um, House of Representatives. But uh, interesting. Let me bring on a gentleman now for the first time, joining the program here. Excited to have on Booker joins us. And let me tell you just a little bit about Booker. He's uh, president of SaveYourRepublic.org. SaveYourRepublic.org. Very interesting. It's a platform that allows Americans easy access to poll worker applications across the country. This is all about election integrity, if you will. Pretty cool site. I looked at it there. He's worked in media since the 80s, been on a personality program, director of promotions with ESPNs, worked in a lot of different markets uh, and with some of the most interesting names. And uh, Booker, welcome aboard here and good to have you on The Voice of a Nation, sir. Uh, awesome to be here and a great subject, I think, to talk about and dig into. Yeah. So, all right. So this post here, when I think of Nancy Pelosi, I think of dignity. I, I mean, I can, you can think of a lot of things with Nancy Pelosi. And I understand everybody's got very strong feelings about these things, you know, but what is dignified about Nancy Pelosi? And even, in, you know, I, I make that one statement, Booker, but even the way she ran, which we could talk about, and we will, the January 6th episode with the Capitol Police and the way that was laid down. There was nothing dignified about those events either. But let's start with this, you know, it, when uh, she ripped that up with the uh, with Trump, Donald Trump. I, I mean, we'd never seen anything like that ever. Was that dignified? It was not even close to dignified. And, you know, she did it for a specific reason. It uh, ginned up her, her base there in the house that night. You saw how they all dressed in white, uh, raised to their feet, clapped. And, uh, you know, she looked right at him when, when she did it. So uh, there was nothing dignified about that. And, you know, when I look at the president's tweets, it just makes me ask questions just like the questions you just asked. It, it's, not, it's not based in fact. It, it, it requires me to dig and ask more questions. And it is typically they're divisive. Also, um, we can look at a, another tweet that he a recent one he just did today that uh, is is very divisive 
And, and so it, most of his tweets and most of the tweets that you see from important people on the left always require questions. And then our questions, as you mentioned in the open, are silenced and censored. We're not right, right. Now, you, when you when you say, are you talking about the president who you, talk, you said divisive? Are you talking about the same guy who wants to unify the country? You mean? Correct. That guy. Yeah, let's look. Uh, let's look at a tweet from yesterday about the Colorado killing. Uh, Jill and I are praying for families of the five people killed in Colorado Springs and for those injured in the senseless attack. That is a perfect tweet. You'd probably agree, wouldn't you? But he doesn't stop there. Let's go to the second part of the tweet. While no motive in this attack is yet clear, we know that gun violence has a particular impact on the LGBTQI plus communities across the nation. So instead of just making a unified tweet, Jill and I are praying for the families and we hope uh, that they are okay, the ones injured. He had to take it a step further to now make it a political gun grab. Well, isn't that because also that their brand of politics is always to divide and conquer? It's always to divide, right? Yeah. I mean, that's what Marxism, socialism is, right? right. They have to divide the people. They don't want us unified. They want us divided by class. They want us divided by race. They want us divided by sex and sexual orientation. Everything is about division. No longer can we look at someone and judge someone by the content of the character. We have to judge someone by who or what they are. Yeah. Yeah. These, these are all what I call distractive uh, pol- politics. It's distractive politics. It takes you away from the real issues, but they're always in the weeds, uh, pitting people against each other. And that's ex- you're exactly right. So, but he, you're right. He didn't stop with just the first pleasant comment. He came back and used the divisive tone. And, uh, you know, his whole message is, we're for you. And, you know, the way they really, it's disgusting, actually, the way they really uh, obliterated this whole trans conversation, LGBTQ conversation. I mean, it's what percent? I mean, do you, what is the real, I hear it's about maybe one or 2%. What percentage of the population do those, those people even a mass of our population? Do you have any idea? I don't, but I hear the same numbers as you. Yeah, one, one or 2%, two, percent, yeah. right? Right. Yeah. Uh, well, we know it's not 20, 30, 40% for sure. Correct. Yeah, no doubt. And the, the interesting thing is the people in my sphere, the people that I know, my friends, right. uh, people in social media that I'm familiar with. Yeah. They are really offended by that whole movement, the LGBTQIA plus, 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 and the pluses are because they'll probably add some more letters when they find out what they are. And they are offended by that. The LGB community doesn't want any part of it. That whole thing has been hijacked by liberal white elite people. You're saying that the, the, the hold on. You're saying the division within. Explain that that with the division within the uh, LGBTQ that don't want. Explain that a little more. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. The, and and I would be happy to get some on as a guest of yours sometime. Mm-hmm. But there there is a very large portion of the LGB community right. that have worked very hard for thirty or thirty five years to get things to a point that they were. And now they're afraid that they have been hijacked. The whole that movement has been hijacked by the trans and the Q and the I and the A and the plus plus plus. I think you're exactly right. And I've heard nobody brave enough to put that out there in the way you just did. I think for me, and, and let me ask you, because I've never talked to you about any of this. And I mean, but for me, 
I have no issue if somebody happens to be gay or trans or if they want to act like a toaster or a cat. <laughs> just, you know, really, just, but we can't keep adding initials to it for toasters and cats. I mean, but I don't really have, I've never had an issue because I'm a very diverse fellow. And I, I don't just think it's, I don't think, I've always felt this, even as a young man, that it's not my role to judge. I don't believe God gives me the privilege to be able to judge other people. It's really not my position. But I don't want this stuff jammed down my throat in these movements and then politicized the way they've done it. That is the difference. And you're saying there's a lot of people still in the original, uh, you know, LGB that have their rights that don't that are offensive to what's taking place here. Absolutely. They feel like everything that they worked for, they're, they're afraid that the pendulum of conservatism is going to take everything back that they gained through the years, whether it's uh, marriage. You know, like I'm like you, I, Malcolm, I don't care. I really don't care. Amen. And when it comes to sexuality, you know, it, it doesn't define who you are. It shouldn't define who you are. Amen. Yet they want it to define who they are as a person. You know, it, it just doesn't make much sense to me. I don't want it jammed down my throat. You, you know, we want freedom and liberty for all people. You should have the right to do what you want to do on your own time. But when you start talking to five and six-year-olds in kindergarten about sex, yeah. then it's time to push back. I have issues. Yeah. Well, what's happening is, um, it, what's happening really with the left and the right of this country is uh, when you give the left, and when I say the left, I'm talking about, the, please understand my language here. I'm speaking about the Marxist left. I'm not speaking about the left of Democrats, the the, the JFK blue dog. I'm not speaking about those people. These, these are part of America. You know what I mean, Booker? You know? Yes, sir. I'm with yeah. you. Yeah. yeah. Th those people, we embrace those. Independence, moderates, left of center, JFK, blue dogs, you name it. They're all uh, me. Yeah, that's what we're diversity of policies. We don't want one political party in this country. We want the diversity of all that, man. It's not our way of the highway or extremist politics. But I'm talking about the Marxist left. That's who's hijacked, obviously, taking all the oxygen out of the room on the Democrat Party. That's what I'm speaking about. And they take these things, as you say, and they it's what they use to divide and conquer. And you know what the right has to do? You know, i, I got to tell you something. I haven't said this, but the fact that the left, their their mission to me is always to divide and conquer, divide and conquer, divide and conquer. And, you know, as Americans, as patriots, as conservatives, call it whatever label you want or make America great, fabulous people, whatever brand we're looking at, whatever brand of cornflakes, uh, I, I would say all of those folks, I mean, we need to stand up and push back on the left and not we can't give them another inch. We continue to give them an inch after inch after inch, and they take these sort of movements and they do what they've done to it, which is what I'm so thrilled to say, you say, is making all these other people sick. And yeah, by the way, I would welcome that program, that show, that conversation with those people. I would welcome that, to have those conversations about the diversity of all of it. And that it's, it's a fine thing. It's an American thing. We don't need to divide each other. But this is something we got to push back on, Booker. Yeah, absolutely. And you, you take baking a cake for a gay wedding. Okay. Remember that in yeah. Colorado yeah. that goes all the way to the Supreme court partial win for the baker. Now it goes from there. Like you said, if you give an inch, you end up giving a mile. 
So you give an inch and now we end up with transgender and puberty blockers for kids in elementary school. And if you don't allow it, if you don't allow it, if your values don't allow that, then you are the one with the problem. If your values don't allow these type of books in our schools and you come to a school board meeting to demonstrate or speak your mind, then you are the problem. Then you're a racist homophobic, right? Correct. You're a Nazi. You're you're white supremacist. Yes. Yeah. And here, here, here comes the narrative and here come all the words that you are called. And so that, that intimidates us. Do we speak or do we push back? And uh, so I, yeah, I can, I can line that, uh, that show up for you. With the, yeah. Yeah. Well, what, what's it? Yeah. That'd be great. What they're doing is they take some of the most ugliest words. I mean, nobody really wants to be called a racist, a homophobic, a, a white supremacist. I mean, these are really ugly, vile names, disgusting, absolutely disgusting. And anybody who fits that category, I will tell you right now, they are no friend of mine. Absolutely. And that's, that's not who we are. And we should stand up and push, push back. This is not who I am. I'm not a racist. You know, that, I, that's not how my life has been lived. Uh, I judge someone by the content of their character, not the color of their skin. That's my entire life has been lived under MLK at my age. I didn't have a choice. My parents raised me that way. I raised my children that way. So yeah. I, I, have a, I have a black grandson. My son is married to a first-generation Mexican. You know, mm, I I'm, I'm American. Yeah. That's who I am. Yeah. I am an American. I'm not a racist. I have conservative values. I want my children and my grandchildren to have the same opportunities that I had, which is hope for a future. You know, when yeah. President Trump was president, Hispanic and black, both communities, lowest unemployment and the highest wages right. ever. Mm-hmm. Those are conservative values, and those are the things that we have to make sure that we're putting out there on social media and every, every place that we possibly can to get that message out, to cut through the lies that Joe Biden does on Twitter. And, you know, you mentioned a few minutes ago about Twitter being the place for news, and I 100% agree with that. You know, I, I get bored watching national news because they're a couple of days behind me. Now, I, I stay on Twitter. I live on Twitter for the last year and a half. And it is absolutely true that the news travels. If you're following the right people, you can get the truth. You know the truth long before. And the interesting thing is most of the time, and everybody listening to this right now can think about this this week. It's Thanksgiving week. You're going to watch some news. When you watch national news, pay attention to how many times they say so-and-so on Twitter today said. Yeah. So that news is being pushed up from Twitter to the news sources, the national news. Which is why Elon Musk calls it the public square, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. And, and you were t- in the opening, you did a great job on that opening. And about Elon Musk, the interesting thing about that poll, I voted on that as well. And the, the final vote, I believe, was uh, Malcolm 52, 48%. Wasn't that about it? Something like that. Yeah. 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 I think, I I think tweeted, so. Yeah. I think I tweeted that there's. I don't think that Joe Biden had 48% on November 3rd, 2020, but I could be wrong. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's a whole bunch of bag there. I'll say that's a bag of hornets is what that is. Um, Yeah, it is. You know, by the way, on that point, you're saying, I I, got to ask you not to, I might, this might send us down another rabbit hole, but that's all right. Let me ask you this. Do you think that the right should continue to, um, 
back to the election, the 2020, well, 2022 is still on our doorstep here. For, I mean, we don't have those votes all counted yet, but 2020, uh, to relitigate that election. Do we, we noticed, and I was told with Trump's speech, he didn't um, reference a lot about the stolen election in his speech to announce the 2024 candidacy, correct? That wasn't the highlight. He did not. It. Yeah. No, he did not. And I thought he did a great job on that speech. Yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. So he, he, other people were saying it was low energy or it wasn't normally himself. Do you think there's any truth to that? I don't know. I, I, I think he stayed on script. Okay. You know, if you're if you're wanting him to call people names and be hyperbolic, then he wasn't those things. But he stayed in a lane. And I think it was a lane that he probably should stay in. And to your Amen. point, Amen. you know, you, you kind of mentioned it earlier, but let's take a, look, a little bit deeper dive into it. Mm -hmm. You know, the Marxist left, the far left and, and our friends and the people that we used to be able to have conversations about mm -hmm. uh, being Thanksgiving. This week, don't forget to make sure to bring up religion and politics at the Thanksgiving. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You know, <laughs> <The> two, I will. <laughs> the two most important things in our lives, yeah. and yet we're not supposed to talk about them. Oh, my golly. I, my wife always laughs at me. I have to tell you, Booker, when, and she, she, it is so true. Or if I bring up anything about anything that's sort of edgy, she'll look at me, she'll say, is this the place she'll laugh is she inside because she oh yeah yeah she knows i'm going there man you know I, listen I, listen i always do it as a gentleman i always say you can do this thing as ladies and gentlemen but i'm gonna go there i'm gonna go there i'm not allowed to speak in my wife's family i don't say a word i just uh -oh. keep my mouth shut i'm afraid of what might happen or actually she's afraid of what might happen but but back to elon real quick um in the poll that he had yeah. the interesting thing was Buzz Patterson, I don't know if you know who he is or ever follow him. Oh, yes. Yeah. So I've, I've interviewed okay. Buzz several times. Yeah. Okay. Well, Buzz put, it up, put a tweet out yeah. that said, it's clear that Elon put this out as a bot trap. The interesting thing was Elon responded to him with a wink. So uh -huh. I don't even, uh -huh. yeah, I don't even know that the, the poll was even a poll, but a way to figure out who bots were. Right, right. Yeah, there's a lot of talk about these bots. And by the way, I seen a story this morning, uh, which was done, but I mean, it's a, it's a story's a few months back, but it was nearly half of President Joe Biden's 22.3 million Twitter followers are fake. A new analysis reveals as Elon Musk continues to stall his purchase of Twitter. This was when the fight of the bots was going on. Uh, I don't. Was there truth to that? I don't even know how that worked out. Was there any truth to that statement? I don't know. Uh, yeah, there is truth. I don't know if anybody knows the exact number. And, that, and you talked about Elon buying Twitter, mm -hmm. which it was never worth $44 billion. If you, look, <laughs> if you look at the financials on Twitter, it's an yeah. absolute joke. Probably um, a bit, you'd be lucky to get a billion out of the thing, I, I would I, imagine. I said a billion to $2 billion max. You and I were agreed then. We agreed. Yeah. <laughs> and that's that's what it's worth. So he's paying forty four billion for it. And the interesting thing was, I hope the listeners remember that he tried to get out of it. Right mm -hmm. now, yeah. oh yeah, when, oh, yeah. When, when when he was going to buy it, yeah, the people on the left went nuts that they were going that Elon Musk was going to buy Twitter. Right. Then all of a sudden. He decides to back out. And what do they do? They sue him and they go nuts. No, I, I stopped. I freeze that moment. I was wondering why that moment was what you just described. I, I never really had anybody bring that up or explain it. 
But obviously, the people in that circle who wanted the deal, they made a lot of money. Like sure. Dorsey made a billion bucks, and he was thrilled, like, oh, man, this is like, I mean, money talks, and you know what walks, brother. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So, you know, but there was a lot of money here in this transaction. And so what were, what was the deal when they flipped the card on him like that? Was, there other, was it all about money at that point for these cats in the circle, or was there other psychology involved? Well, it, you know, the deal flipped like two or three times. Yeah. Ultimately, the judge came and basically held Elon Musk's feet to the fire and said, you're going to buy it. And there was really no other play he could do. And at that point, he had already said that the bots were, you know, there were so many bots. He didn't know if it, the value of 44 billion was there. So then there were questions from the financial world. Will the banks and the ones that are helping Elon Musk buy this actually help him? because the value of 44 billion isn't there because there are so many bots. So um, it, it got, it was back and forth and back and forth. The funny thing to me was watching the left, the far left go nuts at him buying it and then going nuts because he wasn't trying and then going nuts again, because he did buy it successfully. It's like they can, they are never happy. It doesn't matter. In other words, make up your mind and make a decision. Right. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) They they were just, they were angry no matter what he did. Yeah. 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 Well, there's some other interesting things about the, uh, the, the couple of other fascinating things I was thinking about. And then the big real question I want you to think about Booker that we'll talk about in a moment here. And that is, uh, we know that Donald Trump is uh, his, well, the keys are in the car. There's gas in the car that Elon Musk has put in there. And now he's waiting to see if Donald Trump will get in the car and begin to drive it. And that really is the question. Think about that a moment. We'll pick that up in a moment here. Oh, wow. I mean, what do you all think out there? You think Donald Trump will get in the gassed up car with the with the ignition running? Everything's running and smooth and start to drive around. It's kind of it's kind of appealing. I mean, he's got a lot of followers. It was it last count. I thought it was about 85 million or something like that. Uh, we'll have to look that up in a minute here. But uh, it's, anyways, it's up there. It's up there. Now, Elon actually has more than that. Uh, and of course, Biden has a hell of a lot less. We'll talk about that as well as to how that shakes up. Uh, if that's a measurement of any kind of success, and I'm not sure that it is or isn't. But again, another equation into this is the bots. How many of those are bots or how many of those are real? You know, we really don't know. That was, as uh, Booker was just saying, that was one of the big uh, problems that uh, Elon was having initially with this thing. And again, with that whole negotiating thing, I, I was assuming Elon's very, very good. He's he's a marvelous business. He's clever. I assumed he was doing that also to get a better price. I know I played the game that way in a hot second. Yeah, it's kind of nice that way. E- even like your old girlfriend where you play hard to get, you know what I mean? It's like, eh, I really want to go there. I'm going to play a little hard to get here. That's kind of what was going on, I think, with Elon, with Twitter. It's like, well, you know. I don't know. They Well, I don't know what you want to call that. Actually, while all that was going on, you might have been called that foreplay kind of thing. I don't know. The problem is you don't really know who got screwed at the end of the day, do we? <laughs> uh, we'll see here as this thing moves forward. Wow. Uh, but, you know, there's also the conversation on Elon is, uh, you know, well, well, I mean, uh, it's going to drive the left crazy if he really did this for the reason to um, – open up the floodgates of communication again and to bring back diversity in America. Wouldn't that be fabulous to, I mean, I'll tell you what, if he can bring back uh, the diversity into America, I'm talking about the diversity of conversation here. I'm talking about people. Okay. Simple. I mean, that, that, that word we can apply in many different areas. 
And if he can do that, well, I'll tell you what, uh, I'd, I'd, I'd nominate him for a Nobel Peace Prize of some sort. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, uh, that'd be something to go in his treasure chest of uh, apparatus, don't you think? I'd be happy to do that. I'd nominate him up there for that. And I'm not sure he'd get it, but anybody that thinks that way normally doesn't get it with the globalists. They don't like that just as much as Trump didn't give it, get it for all the peace things he did. But yet they give it to the other stooge for, uh, you know, picking his nose or whatever he did. Number 44, Barack Obama, right? Pretty, pretty sick here. Um, well, speaking of sick, by the way, and it just dawned on me right now, we're coming into this heavy, heavy flu season, and we've been talking about it. You hear me talk about it a lot with Dr. McCullough on America Out Loud Pulse, but there are some real concerns about RSV. It's really, really high in the intensity of it. These respiratory problems this year are pretty extensive, actually. Uh, there's still, there's the BQ1 and BQ11 variants of COVID that are problematic for people with comorbidities and that sort of thing. But let's be clear, it's not something that is shouldn't, well, I say that, it shouldn't threaten your life like the Delta variant did and even some of the early onsets of the Omicron, but things started to get a little lighter as the variants weakened more or less. But that doesn't rule out those who have comorbidities or uh, much older in life or have to guard themselves and their lives, clearly. Uh, so there's that. And then we have the intense flu season that's upon us. So it's a combination they're calling the triple-demic, basically. And there are many ways you can try to fight that back. The one thing I want to I want to bring you to the point right now, friends, I tell you every day, keep your loved ones safe around you. That's why we have the kind of relationships we have here at America Out Loud and the strategic partnerships we have. I've got to tell you about our friends at Genesis HOCL. They are they're just fantastic. They're absolutely fantastic. It started uh, about a year, year, year and a half ago when I was talking about the Genesis Fogger. You put the HOCL in. Now, HOCL is hypochlorous. Hypochlorous is amazing. Look, just follow me now. You got to be clear what I'm talking about here. Hypochlorous kills the, the pathogens for the flus, the influenzas. It kills uh, superbugs. SARS-CoV-2. Are you hearing me? That's COVID right there. Okay. And uh, and also, how about mold? Mold is the hidden the hidden enemy, actually. I was having a conversation last week with uh, Dr. McCullough on that. It is the hidden enemy, uh, mold. I had a friend made really, really ill from mold. But anyways, this HOCL knocks all that down. And so with the fogger, you went room to room and you spray. It was a dry mist and it kills all that in the room, especially with holidays, having people in and out, that kind of thing. Well, they have a new product out. It's called the UX4. UX4. And I got mine, friends. It's, an, it's a nice looking little piece. Uh, and I have it right up on the counter, uh, right off to the side. And it's, it's got a dry mist it puts in the room and kills all those pathogens. You put the HOCL in the UX4 and it's an atomizer, the UX4 atomizer. And it cleans the room up like nothing else. So that's what I recommend. The UX4 atomizer is fantastic from the folks, our friends at Genesis HOCL. Our listeners get 15% off. It's the only place you get that. Use the code OUTLOUD to get that 15% off that product. 
And uh, you can do that or click the banner ads back at americaoutloud.com. We have the best-in-class strategic partnerships, bar none. These are amazing companies uh, with Christian Christian people who really passionately care about humanity and people. And as far as I'm concerned, it makes a major difference here. Anyways, find out more about the UX4 and HOCL back there. Uh, we'll take a quick pause now and we'll resume in just a bit here. We'll bring Booker back on and slice some more of this up here with your friends here. Taking on free speech, Elon Musk, Donald Trump, and uh, the office of POTUS. Uh, you're listening to the voice of a nation. Our global experts are brilliant writers and engaging hosts on a mission of a lifetime. You'll find the latest news and inspiration on the front page of AmericaOutloud.com. We know you love the versatility and portability of the Genesis Fogger, but sometimes you just want to set it and forget it. Well, we heard you. Introducing the UX4 HOCL Atomizer. This stationary unit quietly protects you and is perfect for smaller spaces. With over a quarter million units sold in Japan, it's now available in the United States. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to see the UX4 in action and receive a 15% discount on either Falker with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Super Boost is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra absorption of science-backed nutrients proven to support immunity, like vitamin C, D3, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free, love it, or your money back, guaranteed. HealthyCell.com, code out loud. People often ask me, Malcolm, how do we fight the corruption? Robert Frost has said it best. Freedom lies in being bold. Well, for six incredible years, bold is America out loud. Welcome to the new era in communications. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Welcome back to the Voice of a Nation. It is Malcolm Out Loud here, yours truly, and always a privilege to be with you, my fellow Americans. Welcome into the broadcast today here. Uh, we're looking, you know, I love these kind of, I don't get a chance to do these enough, but I really do love to be able to get and talk about you know, uh, the conversations that people are having at the water cooler. Today's water cooler has got to be Twitter, right? It's got to be social media. That's the water cooler. Now, back when I was in my agency days, uh, the water cooler was a real water cooler. <laughs> You'd go with the bubbler and the water cooler. I'm very serious now. You turn that on, take a sip of that water. Hmm. Yeah, tastes good. That was the water cooler. You talk, people come by there, right? Now today, it's no longer that way, friends. The water cooler is indeed social media and Twitter. It fits that tall order pretty good here. Uh, so conversations around the water cooler. Uh, and uh, on the broadcast today, I have joining me here, Booker. Goes by Booker. And uh, uh, he, he's got, I was telling you up front there, saveyourrepublic.org. We'll have to jump into that at one point ahead here. But this is really outstanding what he's done with this, uh, this site here. Uh, and he's got a great media background, radio background, and uh, pretty astute, Booker. You are in social media as well. You keep your um, you you keep your thumb 
uh, pretty well out there to see which way it's all blowing, huh? Hey, Malcolm, I definitely try to, yeah, you do. to, to keep it there. During the break, I was thinking about a couple of questions you asked, yeah. and I think I think we should really visit those questions. And one of those was about uh, Trump's speech and how he delivered it, what he said, what he didn't say, okay. maybe. And then, really, I think the, the specific question you asked was about how we message, something along those lines, do we get away from the cheat election part? And I like that question, and yeah. I think it's one that we need to talk about. Well, what's happened is that the, the right has never let that go, and they continue to. And I have people around me that talk about it a lot, and it's a real question now. It, but then then again, should we let fraud really go? I mean, do we? is that the way we should do it? In other words, are we fighting the battle in front of us, or are we fighting the battle behind us? What do you think about that, Booker? I think you're 100% accurate. We are still fighting the battle. It comes down to who are you going to let fight that battle for you? Are you going to do anything about it? Probably not. So there are people, great people across this country that are still fighting that battle. All the rest of us, we need to move on. We need to move on with messaging. You know, the, the elections are won and lost, regardless of what you think happened in Arizona. I'm going to share some numbers in a minute. 30% on the right are going to vote who they vote for. The 30% on the far left, they're going to do the same thing. Yeah. It's the it's the moderate Republicans, moderate Democrats, libertarians, and independents in the middle that make the decisions. So when you look at the exit polling in Arizona, Republicans got beat. Katie, um, um, I'm sorry, uh, Carrie Lake got beat 30 points by independents against Katie Hobbs. 30 points across the country, wow. even though, wow. you know, in, in hindsight, looking at the election, I'm happy, you know, I'm happy with the way things turned out. The objective three or four months ago, especially if you go back to summer, they said there was no chance for Republicans to win the house. Well, we did win the house and Nancy Pelosi, you started the, this at this hour with her right. and she is gone. Right. You know, the, the, one, the one with no dignity. So that was the objective. So we were successful. More right. people voted for Republicans across this country in 435 races mm -hmm. than ever since 1988. Yeah. So that's yeah. a win, too. But let's have some self-assessment. Let's take a look at it. Are we staying in 20 too much with our narrative, with our voices across social media to the point that, you know, Katie Hobbs beats Carrie Lake by 30 points in independence. You know, that, that, that could be. And I think that's what we kind of saw with uh, Donald Trump in his, in his speech. He, he kept it very tight, very forward looking, not looking back. And I think that's what it's going to take. Don't you? Yeah, it is. It is. And, but they, the, you know, there's a lot of people, it's like a dog with a bone sort of thing. They just won't let that go. I've got people on the platform here as well. And I just think if we're always fighting the battles from the rear view mirror, we're never going to be able to get on with what we got to get on with and be able to take this, uh, this communism down and out of here. Do you agree with that? Absolutely. And you know, that, that brings me to save your Republic. Uh, I'll tell you how that was born. It was born from a tweet back in March. I put it out. We need conservative poll workers here in Pinellas County, Florida. And that's in the Tampa Bay area because I heard that we did. I have a local group for elections and a gentleman 
whose mother has worked at the election supervisor for 35 years says we're short. So I put this out. It gets good traction. I try to help people. And I realize if we're ever going to get this out where we actually have election poll workers that are conservative across this country to keep an eye on things and make sure things are working right, which is a part of election integrity, something has to be done to make it easy. So the next day I woke up, I bought SaviorRepublic.org, and then myself and two other people went to work for four months solid linking over 5,000 links of every application for poll workers across the country into one place. And it's two clicks. You click your state, click your county, your application is there. It makes it really simple. And then General Flynn, he um, helped promote it on September 11th on Truth Social, and it got fantastic traction going over there. But I use that as an example. I'm just one person mm -hmm. with just an idea. And that is part of election integrity. We all can do something. And that's one thing I try to get people to do is get off the couch, get involved, go knock on doors. Well, yeah. yeah. I always say get involved, get loud, Booker. That's yeah, why yeah. Uh, get, get involved, get loud. Get loud. That's yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you can't, you, we can't, yeah. we can't afford to sit. We can't no, afford to no, sit on the couch no, for another no. two years. Yeah. I love what you did there uh, with that site. And I, I really, uh, I, I mean, I have so much respect for you. Uh, for putting that together in short order. And, you know, a lot of people just talk and they endlessly talk, but it takes action to do something worthwhile and make it happen. And you surely did that there. A um, couple of things I want to circle back here on with you now. And one is, uh, let me talk to you a moment about Arizona. You put out some interesting numbers and thoughts there. So based on the numbers that you're looking at, that you've analyzed, Booker, straight out question, did Carrie Lake really legitimately lose that election and is katie hobbs the real winner and you know malcolm i can't answer we don't have we don't have enough uh, data on that um i know that she that, that carrie lake did not win by three hundred thousand, like maybe we thought she would and that that's why i look at the data on exit polling with 30 percent of the independents you know had we had 30 percent independents we wouldn't be having this conversation right now. Carrie Lake would be the next governor of Arizona, but because we lost and that, and that's real data though. That's exit. So, so do you think on the exit polls, she uh, really rubbed a lot of the independents wrong is what you're saying, right? That's, she didn't get that vote. Yeah. That's, that's what the data shows. Right. That's and so but there's some lessons in there though, isn't there? And I'm sure they're analyzing the data as well. Now, not to take away from anything, I think you might agree, Booker, that some improprieties over here, some fraud, some other things, or some things that just aren't right and how they've done it or broken machines or other things. And then of course, there's the, uh, the point that my opponent is in charge of the elections and she's who I'm running against. That never was too bright either, uh, that that should even be allowed. If you're going to run for that, a secretary of state, you need to back out of the other side of it. You know what I mean? Uh, you, you can't have your hand in the cookie jar when you're counting the cookies, right? Absolutely. I mean, yeah. And, 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 you know, I, you know, it was a mess. It still is a mess in Maricopa. Right. And I, I guess you saw last night that the uh, attorney general, Bravanovich, um, Jennifer Wright, the assistant, or the deputy attorney general in Arizona wrote a letter to Maricopa County and they demand answers in that office at the attorney general from Maricopa County by November 28th. Yeah. So we'll see what happens, but yeah, well, I know from her insiders in the circle, she's not letting go Carrie no. Lake. She is fighting this and will continue. And she's, she says to her followers, I know intimately from them. They've said to me, she tells them this will be the last election in Arizona that has this level of fraud or improprieties in it. 
Well, you know, Malcolm, it is so important that she does not concede and she fight. That's right. Because uh, you have to understand that for two years, going back to the election of 20, for all those people that, that like the dog with the bone won't let it go, mm-hmm. you have two years to get it right. Two solid years. You know, everybody in the country is going to be looking at Maricopa County at this election. And what did they do? They absolutely messed it up everywhere. They messed it up. And all it did was create more questions, more more uncertainties, more untrust, more everything. Even if it was legit, we don't know that it was you still too many questions. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's all we want. All of us in this country want to know when we go vote, our vote counts. It doesn't, you know, what you say is so important right there, Booker, so important what you just say, because that is really all we really do want. I mean, if they legitimately won a race, so be it. If that's what we, the people have done or elected, voted for, then that's the way it is. I mean, that's, we have to accept what those decisions are, but that's not what we have today. Yeah. And it, it was a simple question and it was a simple question in 20 that no one would answer. They, they just shut everybody down, which now two years later, that dog still has that bone because they didn't answer the questions then. So if Carrie, if Carrie Lake will right now stand and fight this thing to get the answers and hopefully the attorney general in Arizona will also get those answers. Yeah. You know, when it comes to Maricopa County, you have problems with sheriff and zone. Oh yeah. Uh, Yeah. Problems with, well, the question is though, you know, we've never seen a, you know, as well as I know, we've never seen a race like this or an election like this at this level after the fact be turned back over. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't. Yeah. yeah. And we're Malcolm, we're down to 16,000 votes between the two. And to, to answer your question that I completely got away from like a politician, (laughs) (laughs) i appreciate that (laughs) there yes there probably was over sixteen thousand votes that were somehow disenfranchised on november 8th for gary lake and that still doesn't really address the bigger picture that i was talking about with the 30 percent of independents voting for her if you can imagine we got half of those we wouldn't be having the conversation she would have won by one hundred and fifty thousand votes yeah yeah i I like the way you framed that and let's remember how you framed that because i'm going to be talking to carrie on here very soon ahead here we've been talking with her folks quite a bit and uh as soon as she uh, she's been very very specific and strategic right now with uh the conversations you know what i mean the public conversations who she's having with you know that that becomes a tall order you know in other words every you know she's got to be real selective with probably who she's well for sure who she's talking to but more so what she's saying you know yeah yeah, Uh, no doubt and and like i said i'm I'm glad she is fighting it needs it needs to happen now yeah, definitely, not, definitely. Not yeah. two years later. Yeah. Uh, so a couple other things here. I got to chat with you on. And so, all right. Well, all right, I, I got to ask you, I, I teased up. I, I can't forget this. I teased up and told listeners, okay, Donald Trump's got the gas in the car. Elon Musk turned the ignition on. It's there, man. It's got massive followers, everything else there. Is Donald Trump tempted to come back in? Does he do it or does he stay? Because it's very risky for him because he's got truth social which is really where he's trying to bring the conversation. <laughs> but let's face it, I think you would probably, and you know better than I know, Booker, because you're more of a social media guy that I don't get time to get there. So I don't, I just, I wish I did, but you know more than I know about that. Or, I mean, I'm assuming Truth Social is no Twitter. 
Uh, no. Tell me otherwise or not. <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it's a very stagnant platform right now. And Twitter is movement. It's liquid. It's, it's the feed is constantly moving on Twitter. And that's what makes it completely different than Getter, Gab, uh, Truth Social, Facebook. All of those are pretty. You know, stagnant. you're right. You're right. When you go to those, the, the brief moment I might, it looks stagnant. You're exactly yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. yeah the, the Twitter feed is constantly moving. Isn't that uh, wild? I tell people it's more like a lazy river at the resort and your tweet is the inner tube that you throw in and it's moving. And the more, the more inner tubes you throw in, the more people will see what it is you're trying to say. Yeah. Um, what about the guy who's swimming in the buff with no inner tube? Uh, I mean, what uh, happens if they allow those people on Twitter? Oh yeah. They're all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> those are the rebels. Those are the rebels. <laughs> let me, let me try to answer this question because I do remember you asked it and we, didn't even get there yet. Um, here, here's where I think, and I don't know, you know, this is complete speculation. If I'm Donald Trump and I, I tweeted out that I really wanted him to come back and tweet happy birthday to Joe Biden yesterday and just leave it at that. Nothing more, nothing less. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think ego wise, it has to be driving him nuts. He would love to come back with his 85 million people on Twitter yeah. Yeah. and have such a big voice. However, that same ego would have to be admitting that truth social didn't work the way he thought and said yeah. it would. Yeah. And so e ego wise, it's, it's gotta be tearing him apart. And then the other part that none of us know is he did not create truth social alone. He has investors and we don't know what that contract. That's is. right. That's right. It's a good point. It's not yeah, just him. Well, here's yeah. the thing. If you look at counts right now, here's what's really strange. What does Elon Musk have for counts? What is it, 111, 115? I, I, I was going to say 110 the last time. Okay. All right, so it's something like that, right? Give or take. Uh, why can't he share a few of those million with you and I, Booker? I mean, come on. I, you know, I don't know. He can spare them. So he's got, he's got all those followers. All right, great. And uh, now, so why is it that Joe Biden at Joe Biden, which I guess that's called his personal sort of thing. That's not the official POTUS account. That's got 36.4 million. And then the POTUS one has 27.6. That has less. Now, correct me on this. I, I don't, I'm not positive about what I say here, but the POTUS account I do know is the same one that Trump had, but I remember that number being much higher. The POTUS one I'm talking about under Trump. Am I wrong or did he lose? No, no, there? no. I believe it was, I believe it was 80, 81 million. On um, the POTUS no, one? On, on Trump's. Now Trump, the, the at uh, real Donald Trump is at about what? 85 million right now? 85, 80, something like that. There, there is actually still a uh, Donald Trump archive, which Kind right. of takes you from January twentieth back, right. and they have archived that. Um, but the, you know, but the, the POTUS the, account they had when Trump was in office. I'm just wondering. We'll have to find out. I don't know. Yeah, if I it don't was Higher exactly. or lower than twenty seven point six. I remember it as being higher. Yeah, I don't I do know too. why, but I thought I, I could be totally wrong. So I'm not saying this is is a fact here. But I thought I remembered it around forty some odd million. It was never as much as real Donald Trump. That's where he did the business, and that was uh, always pretty high. That was always over eighty million, wasn't it? I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, the, and and if you looked at Biden's account prior to him becoming president, mm -hmm. it uh, it was next to nothing, you know. Right. And and I would say most of them were bots. If you look at the comments, right. Uh, one way to tell a bot is how many followers and how many. So uh, last couple of minutes. So do you think Trump is going to be too tempted and he comes back on? I don't think we see him. Oh, you don't think so? Okay. That's that's my gut. 
you know, okay. and it's all speculation. I just, I, uh, you know, until we know what that contract would be with the investors that invested millions of dollars into truth social, yeah, yeah. you know, it'd be like if I, if Pepsi offered me a hundred million dollars yeah. to speak for Pepsi and in the contract, they said, but you can never talk. Or I was going to say, he probably has a clause in there. They probably yeah. have a clause in there. Yeah. 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 That he says, you know, none of yeah. us know. Yeah, that's right. Well, that yeah. would make sense if you're going to invest that kind of money. Correct. I mean, to give it to anybody. And I bet you it's in there, the language. They were smart if they it would have been dumb if they didn't do that uh, to keep them off the other social media. And the other thing, which we don't have time for now, but we'll have to catch another time, Booker, is one other thing I noticed in uh, Biden's feed, just to tell listeners here, is, uh, well, or the other question I pose is, do you think he's a little worried about Donald Trump at this point? Well, I'll tell you what. He, they've got videos they've created inciting a violent mob and his policies talking and delivering. You've seen all those as well, Booker, right? Yes. And, yeah. yeah, absolutely. They are. You know, everything that they've done the last three years has been because they're afraid of Donald yeah, Trump. Yeah, so there you go. So they're obviously getting quite scared. And by the way, at the end of the program, I'll tell you another thing that's trending today is my, our, my dear brother and uh, friend here, Dr. Peter McCullough. He is trending uh, today on Twitter as well. And he's trending because people are saying, okay, what about bringing him back on Twitter? That's right. You yep. know, because he was, you know, sadly, he got, and he and I talk all the time about that. He was thrown off. We knew, he, he was being very cautious. He was always being cautious. He never pushed the envelope, but it didn't matter. When they want you off of there, they're going to get you off of there under any problem, any point they want. It doesn't matter. And so what happened is that was what, like just a couple few weeks before this deal was done with Musk. Had that happened, like didn't happen then, it probably wouldn't have happened, Booker. He would have gotten yeah. through. You know what I mean? He'd been grandfathered yeah. in, you know? Yeah. And and he's not the only one. You yeah. know, there was Dr. Simone Gold was the same. Oh, one. yeah. She's another yeah. one we've been yeah. talking to on a lot yeah. of levels and discussing things here. Uh, so that is, uh, uh, it's good to have you join me here, Booker. That is Booker here on the program, friends. Uh and uh, really, really terrific. It's great, great stuff. You know, there, we just don't have enough time to do this thing here, friends. But there's so much more here. And I'm really fascinated with these videos that they're running. It's almost like we're in the heat of a presidential campaign uh, <laughs> for 2024 and the stakes are high. And I got to tell you, they are using footage of the January 6th like you can't believe it. The one thing about the left, the Marxist left, is they're very good at packaging, friends. They are the ultimate packages. They know exactly what they're doing at all times. God, wow. The right has got to get better at this thing for sure here. Uh, social media is it's here to stay for sure. It is the public square, as we were saying up front there. And uh, Americans, they're fighting for free speech once again. We're fighting for diversity of opinion once again. We're, we're fighting to get these things back into uh, the flow and into our public square. And, you know, I certainly applaud Elon Musk taking this on to whatever degree. Uh, I'm, you know, I, I can't say I know exactly his total brand of politics or cornflakes that he's eating in the mornings. But, you know, the point is that at least he rolled the die and did the gamble. And here we are. Now we'll well, certainly better than put keep it in the far left, you know, hands to be sure. But um, 
A lot more going on back at the platform, friends. We'll see you back there at AmericaOutloud.com. We got some really cool stuff coming up. I got to tell you, this next month or two, we're going to take another rocket ship up to another level of the uh, atmosphere, I, I assure you. Got some brand new broadcasts coming on and some other really, really exciting developments here. I can't tell you more. I know, I know. I'm teasing it up here, teasing up, but got some exciting stuff happening there. Keep you posted there. Thanks for joining me on the mission here. It's time to get involved and get loud, America.